this is also what artworks makes for me, you know, the person, the, the personal story, the connection. Can I connect to it in some sort of way? Take, does it take me back to some certain place? Does it take me back to some certain period of my life? That's art for me, you know. This week's episode is part two of my conversation with photographer Cursed by Morrow. If you haven't heard part one yet, please listen to last week's episode. And this part is a direct continuation of the conversation. Thank you very much. Visual consistency and moodiness are key themes in Marcel's work. His images open up discussions about our inner emotions and the way in which we all have positive and negative phases in our lives. I had a great time talking to Cursed by Morrow, and I really hope you enjoyed this part of the conversation too. I mean, I think it's because you're a photographer, you're going to be so critical of yourself. Well, well, firstly, you're probably like everybody else, critical of yourself anyway. And secondly, you're a photographer. You're going to be critical of anything you take a picture of, whether that's yourself, whether that's a landscape, whether that's another person. You're going to be so critical anyway. That's going to be your nature. So, and actually, it's really ironic you should say that because I actually am in the middle of making my own website. And the one thing I haven't done yet that I forgot I need to actually do that I keep going off is take a picture of myself. So yeah. <laughs> I was meant to do it, but I was actually I was actually meant to do it about three weeks ago. And now you've just said that I'm like, wait, I, I might just like to have to do that tomorrow because uh, that's not what I need to do. That's why I haven't actually done the website yet because I haven't actually taken a picture of myself. <laughs> yeah. That's hilarious. I was completely forgotten about it. And now you just said that. I'm like, oh, wait, I need to do the same thing. So perfect. <laughs> No, I, re- I reached out to a, to a fellow photographer and she was like, don't worry, I got this, you know, and I was so relieved because I tried it do- dozens of times. I tried it a few times already and it didn't work out. So I'm really. But also the, the issue is also is that because you're a photographer, you're a constant, you're like, you're aware of like the lighting, the composition, the mood you know, what is this going to say? What's it not going to say? It's not like you can just take an image and take an image and be happy with it. It's like you're thinking about what is this image going to say? How am I reflected? You know, what are people going to think? And it's like, exactly. I think we don't think about that in terms of like, okay, so how to turn to a question. So do you think that being a photographer has changed the way you view the world? How I view the world? Yes, definitely. And it all leads back to street photography because I, I'm paying way more attention to, to scenes, you know, to everyday, to everyday life, to everyday scenes. I, I'm still doing street photography. I'm still, I have, to, I have my Fuji X100F still with me. It's, it, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a small compact camera. It fits in your pocket. So whenever I'm going out, it, this is why I also stress out on my, um, when, I, when I talk to people, I also do stress out, take your camera with you or at least your phone. Be ready, be prepared, because this is something I learned in, in street photography. And even though I may go for grocery shopping, you know, I just get into my car, drive for 10 minutes. And but I might I might find something along the way. And you have no idea of how many pictures. I mean, not now. But how many pictures I took through the through the windshield, for example, you know, which which turned out to be fucking amazing. Not only not only the, um, the the kind of pictures like you know with the rain and with the car in front of you, no, but also landscape pictures and so on. You, you know, when you see a little bit of reflection and so, and it's a, it's an artistic approach. But this is why always take your camera with you. I always do have it with me, and I pay since I'm doing photography. I'm paying way more attention to my surroundings. Of course, 
according to the circumstances that I'm in. Yeah. But overall, it definitely changed the view. Because, you know, yeah, it's just, I got it with me. I'm prepared. I'm ready. If I see something, I shoot something. I know it's good. It's not good. You know, you you don't, if you, if you miss out, you will never know. And I, I bought this camera for this exact purpose. And as much as, as I annoy myself by taking it with me wherever I go, I just, you know, I made it a habit. Yeah. And when I'm going out, keys, smartphone, wallet, oh, camera. It, it's, it, it's automatic. Or, you know, it's, it's, it's automatically in there. Like, you have to do it. I'm doing it by now. Just because. So, yeah, back to your question. Definitely. That's so cool. And actually, that is very nice into the next question, which is, is there a photograph you regret not taking? Yes. Yes. There's a photograph. I read that question and I knew already what kind of story. I knew it immediately because there's one, one scene that, that haunts me until, until this day, like seriously. It was 2018. In, in, in the summer of 2018, it was already you know, the end of the summer. And I was walking through the city. And it was approximately between, I don't know, it was maybe five o'clock, so it was early evening. And in my area, you know, let me, all of a sudden you heard, you know, an immense roar of an, of, a, of an engine. And in my area, this is not very common. And I look, I look around and there's this old Mustang, you know, it was a, a black Mustang, a beautiful car. You know, and I stood there at the at the street, at the corner of the street, and it was you know there was old uh, music playing. It was uh, Hotel California, classic, you know, from the Eagles, you know. And there was a little boy sitting on the on the on the, on the passenger seat. You know, he had his arm. He was he was ten years old or eight years old, maybe so young. And he was sitting there, you know, and just he had way, sunglasses that are way too wow. big, and he was was sitting there. And I was like, this is it. This is it. This is the perfect street photography scene that you can that you can only find in, in America or somewhere else yeah. where you see it on pictures. This is it. And I didn't take it. I, I, I didn't I didn't I did not take the shot. I was standing there and I was, you know, I had my dials set up, I was exposing, and I was just standing there. I felt so uncomfortable and I felt so, because this is my problem. Between the car, the boy and me, there were only even maybe, maybe two meters. So it, there, there wasn't any distance between us, you know. And in that moment, there were, were so, much, so many thoughts running through my head, you know, like you've, you're taking a picture of a child you don't know. The father, what may he think of you? What may other people may think of you? Here, where everyone knows everyone, like this, this is this is invading this is invading personal space. Like I had so instead of just clicking the fucking shutter button, you know, I had so many doubts in my head, and I was like, I was standing there, like, should I do it? Can I do it? And I was petrified, like literally. And then they stand there for approximately ten seconds. At max and then drove away and I was like fuck and this was this was just a sign for me it was just something that that told me 
street photography is not it's not for you it's not meant for you like you wish to do it you wish to approach it you wish to be in that sort of niche because everyone is doing it probably but you you're not that guy (laughs) so this was the the picture that i missed that i would probably never get back ever so yeah (laughs) <laughs> that's a really really cool story that's an incredible cool story and it's a good question to ask people because i think with photographers there's always going to be an opportunity that you could have taken that you that is going to haunt you and you will remember um so i like the fact you said it haunted you because that's exactly the, your response is exactly the kind of response i hope people would have to that question so that is perfect um just because it's yeah, kind of it, it's interesting to look at your work but it's also interesting to think about what you didn't do because you know that's also interesting. So, and actually, you said about America, and that's something that I added onto these notes when we started talking. And that's the idea of like because you're from Austria, and you shoot around Austria. Like, do you think that gives your work any advantages because it's not the same scenery we see, say, with a lot of American photography, for instance? Yes, definitely, and not because I'm thinking of it, but uh, the data speaks for itself. If you take a look for my in my at my insights, I'm talking about the Instagram yeah. page, for yeah. example. If you take a look at my insights, the, the most the most uh, the most followers, for example, or the most interactions I have with people from the United States, from South America, Mexico, Chile, you know, Brazil. These are the countries that are the most um, interested in my work. Then comes you know, Moscow, Russia, then a few European countries, but London also there, but neither of these graphs, you know, there's no Austria, there's no Vienna, there's no nothing like here, but from the outside, a ton of traffic. Because Uh as you just said, probably because people aren't used to that or are overwhelmed with things that are already existing maybe just to see something different uh, in in terms of landscape don't get me wrong don't different in terms of photography or art but yeah. just in terms of land, landscape so yeah i think it's beneficial uh, to my work for sure excuse me but this is something this is something that i figured out lately uh three, four days ago when I was really paying attention to my statistics, to my insights and everything, this is something that popped out immediately immediately to me. So, yes. Yeah, I kind of thought about when we were talking. Actually, when you said you're from Austria, even though I already knew you're from Austria, um, I was just thinking, like, a lot of the photographers I speak to or I have spoken to or that I just speak to generally from, they say, are American. Um, And I think that kind of means that, you know, when you get to look into a certain kind of, of image and kind of certain kind of landscape you get used to it so it's kind of nice to see your work and it'd be actually quite different just from a different perspective just from a, a person who isn't from say america or from the uk it's got a whole completely different perspective on life um, and i think it's it's sometimes hard to forget so it's sometimes easy to forget that you know we're not all from the same place we're not all seeing the world in the same way and i think it's really nice to actually see your work and be like oh actually this guy's from austria like how interesting is that and like how like, what's he doing and how is he approaching photography and taking you know documenting the space he's around so yeah i think that's why i asked that question i thought it was actually quite interesting yeah especially here in the south we barely have huge cities not not one single huge city at all but a lot of you know 
woodlands, a lot yeah. of mountains and woods, what Corinthia is really, <coughs> sorry, um, famous for. So this is where I can really, this is my advantage now, where I can really shine because I don't have to, I don't have to, to plan around where I can go, what I can do. Yeah. I really, I, I have these environments here. I just have to check the weather report. If it aligns, boom, I have to go there. If I want to do a shooting in the woods, <laughs> pick one. You know, it's 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 not that hard. If I want to, yeah. And after you do it a certain time, which I had to learn uh, the hard way as well, because people they always they misunderstand something. They really do think here in Austria there's there's always fog. Here in Austria, there's there's barely any fog. Like there is, dude, no. Like especially here in the south, you know. And I had to figure these places out. And then people ask me, you know, how do you how do you put them the fog in with Photoshop? I'm a Photoshop new. The only thing I'm doing is getting up extremely early, locate these places, check the weather report at least these six at least six times. In the evening before I go to the actual shoot, check it in the morning, you know, if everything falls a line, because if it does not fall a line, then I have to, okay, consider some other, some other um, uh, spot, for example. The other day I was out with my, with my friend, with a friend of mine, and I wanted to go to a lake so badly. I wanted to be like, you know, we, we have to go there. It's great during the daytime. I want to be there in the morning. I want to see, to be there in the sunrise, you know, when the mist comes in and I, I had the perfect location. We went there, nothing. Although it said heavily foggy, it was nothing. So we got into the car and he was like, I know a place. You know, that's the good thing about people here because yeah. he was always like, hey, you know what? I know a place there. It's always fog there. And I'm like, okay. And I'm living more in the West and he's more from the East, you know? So we drove to the East and he was like, yeah, I know there. We went there and it was it, it it was perfect, the perfect conditions, you know. There was no sun, there was only heavy fog, and and we drove uh, 25 minutes approximately for it. So okay, okay. this is really something, this is my huge advantage here. But people do think it's just when you step on the outside. No, you really have to, you know, you have to know your locations, you have to check the weather report, you have yeah. to you have to plan in advance, like to actually make it happen. It's not like it's always if you if you ask, if you really if you go. Um, if you talk to any Austrian girl or any Austrian dude here and you just, you approach them and you ask them straight off, tell me, how often do you have fog in your area? Especially in the south. There, there may be two places that are always foggy, but the majority of Austria, where? Yes, in the, in autumn, you know, winter, but like now, oh, it's really, it's really hard to chase down. This is why I'm always telling people, get up early Grab the morning mist. If it's cloudy, go up to the mountain. Grab the low-hanging clouds. You know, these two factors, because we have a lot of mountains here and low-hanging clouds are the mwah, are the best kind of fog that you could possibly get. You know, because they are constant. They are thick. And so people really, really do mistake these weather conditions here to be an all-time foggy place. So other than fog, are there actually any other kind of weather conditions you like shooting in? Rain. I, I, I like to shoot in fog and in rain and in a, in a very overcast day. This, this, these are my shooting conditions. I, 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 cannot, I cannot shoot. 
for for let's say for my for cursed by morrow now okay if we were talking about street photography i love to to go out during during um during noon like when the sun is the harshest and the most brutal because i like the the, the contrast between light and shadow yeah i'm not, I'm not so summer is for me really it's mainly about street photography which i'm just doing on my own you know and really only to do to to put into my portfolio for example but when it comes to that kind of work every autumn and beginning of winter let's say the uh, the month from october until mid of december before the, the the snow actually starts to fall you'll find me on the outside every day like every damn day because i have to provide pictures that i can use 300 uh, yeah uh, I hope, you know, 356 65 you know what i mean um, days thank you 65 days per year so it's not like that i'm just like hey, yeah let's go into now people to also mistake i do not go out and take these pictures the majority of the time i have to go through my archives you know and be like oh shit there was something there was a cool scene i did 2019 maybe or let it be 20 okay let's do it now let's re-edit it you know these are my working conditions during summer during bright shiny summer days that's how i for that label let's say it like let's call it like this so but besides that fog rain overcast that's and for street photography heavy heavy sun that's the best time for me to shoot that's so cool and i think actually this idea of archive is actually quite an important discussion to have because i think we always forget that we don't have to always create new work um and actually it's actually really funny because i've only very recently realized after talking to a few photographer friends that actually going to your archive is the best thing you could do um you know and it's going to inspire you to do more things in the future but it's kind of like there's so many images you probably have that you didn't realize at the time were great and then you look back on them now with a different eye yeah exactly this is why I, this is why i was overworking my whole page you know because just just a cropping tool in lightroom this is such an essential tool for you as a photographer because you as you say this this is for example one i don't take my pictures in a in a certain or in a, in a preferable ratio you know i just like is it horizontal is it vertical it, it doesn't matter to me but by cropping them the crop tool is something that most photographers or are really now photographers because we cannot put it on artists as well is really something that they do not use as wisely in my opinion because when I ask for people to send me pictures to edit them, which I do occasionally in my email list, for example, they send me pictures where the crop is like, the, the image is great, but the crop factor, how did how they crop it, it's like, it has so much potential, you know? So it's, it could be so better. It's so much better. Like, just, 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 just put an extra second into the cropping tool and you can turn one picture, for example, into two pictures. By two pictures, you can you could already turn one post in a carousel post, for example. You know, it, it's just the approach that you have. Because I have a friend of mine, he told me a photography a photographer friend of mine. He told me he always shoots in sixteen by ninety uh, sixteen by nine ratio because it's way easier to crop that way. He never you know he never goes up like this. No, he's always 
doing the 69 because it's way easier. You can get way much more out of these of that kind of layout if you crop it properly together. I haven't tried it yet because I'm not that kind of guy, but maybe something to consider, you know. That's interesting, actually. That's a good consideration in terms of like the orientation of the image. Because, you know, I think one thing, so I spoke to the photographer, Caffeine Cowboy. I don't know if you know his work. Um, ah, familiar. Don't, I'll send it to you later. Um, one of the very many. Um, so I spoke to him and one thing he said that he's really noticed is that because of Instagram, he's shooting more vertical images. Um, and he's shooting stuff in more, in more portrait mode as opposed to landscape. And I thought that's actually kind of an interesting consideration because when we think of landscape images, we think of landscape orientation. Um, and like, do you actually shoot stuff in portrait or landscape or both? I shoot, I shoot 95% of my work, of my really, of my work as a whole was shot in portrait mode. Really? That's so weird. I That's barely, so interesting. I, I barely shoot landscape mode, like barely at That's all. That's weird. That's so strange. I cannot work, I cannot work with that ratio. It's not, not because of Instagram in yeah. general, but... I don't know if I look at my prints, for example, or at my work or at the pictures that I took, it's, I don't know. Maybe I just have, when, when, I'm, when I'm taking a picture of something, I don't have a zoom lens, okay? All my yeah. lenses are prime lenses. Yeah. Therefore, I have to zoom with my feet, which I can recommend to anyone, but this is just my approach to it. Yeah. And I automatically, I automatically step back to get more in the frame, okay? So I don't go as far as close to you so that i see everything okay I, I do not frame it in camera i'm that kind of guy who frames it afterwards that maybe some some people maybe the proper way to do what do i care about the proper way but this works for me so well because then i really i tend to bring some sort of distance between and my work okay let's say we we have a shooting now i do a shooting of you I will take a look at these pictures in maybe four or five days. I could come home and be like, okay, let's edit them immediately. No, I'm, I do not do that. I put them aside. I let my mind and my head rest for a bit. And then I go over them in a few days again because the euphoria is gone. You know, yeah. you have a little, you are not that hyped anymore about that one banger shot that turned out to be completely miserable. So you go over them again. And then you can simply, when you see a shot, you'll be like, just, okay, I can recompose it. Gladly, I took one step back and can recompose it completely new as I want to, instead of being completely closed up and shit. Now I have, you know, no, no uh, space between the face and the edges and what now. It's a good point, actually. I think that's always a good piece of advice is to, when you're shooting images or even creating art, take a step back. And then look at it again a few days later with fresh eyes because you're right. You can get really caught up wanting to edit or even in the edit that you actually ruin and overwork the image. And then, you know, if you take a step back, you might actually spare yourself a couple of hours in editing. You have no idea how often I, when I import the pictures, when I take the pictures, I know, okay, this one is a banger. I highlight it with two or three stars whatsoever. And later on, a few days later, I come back and be like, what the fuck did I do here? What, what's so special about this picture? You know, I, I do not even I do not even remember it. So 
what's what's the best? And, and forget about it. It's really from from my workflow. It works best really just to rest your head in between the photo shoot and the editing session. It's the best advice that I could give when it comes down to editing. So that's a bonus. I just gave you a bonus question. You're welcome. That's, that's perfect. That's <laughs> even better. I'm not going to complain about that. So I want to ask you opinion on the whole digital versus film photography debate because you shoot digital right yes i shoot digital only i know you shoot digital only that's why i'm asking this question um because what is your opinion on the whole digital versus film photography like you know film is better slash more you know accepted or kind of digital isn't as good like what is your opinion i'm just curious as from photographer to photographer i'm just curious yeah when you see film photos or when i see film photos being published or posted you you see there's there's an immediate feel to it okay they they have a certain kind of look and i have to agree on that because it's just it's it's the same when you see a, a picture that was taken with my fuji film for example and with the with the full frame sony a6 blah 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 you know you see there's a difference you can tell there's a difference as you can see there's a difference when you when you um edit a picture in Lightroom or really do the edit in Photoshop. You can see there's a difference, but does it matter? <laughs> no way. Like seriously, no way. I, I was never that kind of guy who was into gear <clears throat> and so the superiority of gear itself and film or whatsoever. And I think what's really, what's the problem is it's this, this whole digi digital versus uh, film this whole debate is so fucking toxic. Like, dare, dare to take a picture on a digital, 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 digital camera and put some sort of grain or dust in post-process via Photoshop, you know? Don't you dare to make that photo film like. How the hell can you? And this is really something... <clears throat> I hate that question, to be honest. I hate the debate, to be honest. I hate the comparison between them, to be completely honest. Because I, I, I do that shit, you know? I take pictures and be like, fuck. Film burn would look great on this picture. What do I do? Everyone can hear it. I go, I go into Photoshop, uh, Photoshop. I put, you know, layer after layer. If, <laughs> and then the picture looks great to me. But would I personally, I achieved the thing that I want. You know, I achieved the look more or less. Photography, uh, the, the cameras, they should only be, you know, the way for you to achieve what you have in there. You know, cameras should be just a tool to achieve the outcome that you have already in your mind. And there, there shouldn't, it shouldn't be a question how to... Uh, with what kind of tool you approach it, but how you approach it, because it's artistic neither the less. I admire pictures shot on film the same way I admire digital pictures, but I would never dare to ask, was it shot on film or not? Oh, that's not film. Oh gosh, you're a poster. Like, come on. I don't, I, I just don't get it. I mean, I get the whole, the fanboying and everything, but film, to me personally, was also never uh, questionable because I can just tell. I, you know, I heard rumors that it's extremely expensive and it stuff, and the whole picture 
And you know, it no, no, don't get me wrong, but no. And I may, <laughs> I may piss a few people off with my opinion, but if I want to have if I want to have grain on my pictures, if I want to have burn a film burn on my pictures, I can just put three to five sliders, you know, and it does the job for me personally. I will not be that kind of guy who who goes out and tells the world how this was shot on film or something like this. No, yeah. no way. I'm, I'm really open about my editing process and about, you know, everything according to that. So I will not sell it as something that it's, it's obviously not. But just in order to create, you know, that that picture that I had in my mind, like, like who the fuck, who the fuck are you to tell me how I how I am allowed to create the, the piece of art that I'm having on my mind constantly. I have no idea about film. I have absolutely zero idea about film. But just because I want to, to, to make a picture look like film, do I have to go out now and buy a film camera just to satisfy your needs and your opinion on the whole film industry? Like, no fucking way. No, I don't know. <laughs> the fuck are you to tell me about it so no i really don't this this debate is in my in my opinion it's it's pointless it's useless because again it does not involve me i have to say as well maybe if i was some it's the same with you know fujifilm or canon canon or nikon nikon or sony those are tools people those are tools because you can have the best damn camera if you if you suck at it what 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 will you achieve with that you will get a crispy picture of a shitty composition. Wow. Does that make you a great photographer? No. No ways. I came to photo shoots with my... Have, you, you are familiar with the Fujifilm X100F, or? Yes. You know how small this camera is. Yeah. I attended photo shoots with that, with that camera, and people were looking at me like, that's all? You know, where, where, where's the whole equipment? Do you have some sort of lightning? I'm like, nope. That's a camera. Here's my tiny tripod, you know. I don't need more. Yeah. And they, they were always like amazed or surprised by the outcome later on. But then again, because of editing, because this is, those are two kind of things, if you ask me. And people should not um, mix them up, you know. You know, the photography itself, like in film, I, I, I have no idea. Really. We can. I have no idea how much people actually put into it when they are developing film or something. I have no idea. Like seriously, I just know what I have to do in order to achieve a, something that maybe look like film, you know. But that's everything. I do not say it is film. I do not say that's yeah. So no. I'm sorry if I piss if uh, I piss you off, maybe because no. I don't know if you should film no, after all. No, I initially did. But I... You don't. Okay. Um, no, actually, I very much agree with you, to be very honest. I think the whole debate isn't particularly necessary. I think as long as you're creating good work and the work is, you know, what you want, that's really all that should matter at the end of the day. And not just that, like, we're all photographers. Surely that should be kind of like a bridge enough for us all to appreciate what we're doing. Um, yes. But, you know. But my next question in relation to that is, like, do you think it's easy for people to distinguish what is shot on film and what is shot on digital? For me, no. I, really, I, I, 
maybe someone who who knows more about this topic you know someone who studied it or was doing it himself or herself maybe they they have an eye for it but i probably no i no because when i interviewed jesse tate the only way i knew that he shot on digital because i looked at his tags on instagram and noticed that he didn't actually have any film photography tags okay so i was like okay so he doesn't shoot film then because obviously he doesn't have film photography tags that's as far as i'm concerned the only way you can really tell unless obviously the photographer states what camera they used and then if it is it's mostly because it's a flex but you know it's kind of like okay cool you know i mean don't be wrong like i think film photography is great and i think it'd be something i'd love to experiment with maybe but also like do i want to go and spend crazy amounts of money to go shoot film when i've already got an expensive enough camera that's collecting dust no i don't you know not for me and not just that i like photoshop although i don't actually have photoshop anymore but i like photoshop so you know what can i do (laughs) i get it so i i agree with you it's like it's useless to have that debate but still people are out there and just wanting to prove their point and that's okay i mean yeah you're a film photographer of course defend defend your your team do whatever but don't it doesn't make you any better like what the fuck having said that though there are artists that i know that are extremely 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 good at creating like alternative process images and like stuff mm-hmm. like that is interesting where yeah okay it's it's film but it's done in such a really interesting experimental way that it becomes better than just oh your standard film image there's um a good friend of mine now uh, a lady called amy gladding i uh my far away on uh instagram i'll send you her work later um, and her yeah, work yeah, is gorgeous because it's like really experimental you know, a lot of cyanotypes, a lot of digital um, analog processes. And it's just, it's a completely different to anything that I would ever, ever do. And I appreciate it so much. And it's nice to see, you know, people can use different processes and create great work. It doesn't have to be one thing or the other. It can be very much like, as you said, like you have a vision, you achieve that vision. How you achieve that vision really doesn't matter. The fact you just have created it. The creation is what matters. So yeah. I'm completely with you. So are there any other artists you'd like to collaborate or exhibit with? The girl you mentioned before. Right over that absolutely. I'm going to start her that. Yeah. Literally, after this, I'm going to literally send her a voice memo and be like, oh, by the way, uh, Kirsten Mario wants to yeah. work with you. By the way, there's something. <laughs> oh, no, I'm, no, I'm actually going to do that, absolutely. Yeah, that would be great. No, I am... There, there are no specific artists I would, I would like to work with. I would like to work with or collaborate with anyone who's up to. Because this is something that I did in the past few years. I knew I worked together with some with musicians in order to you know, oh. create a picture for their, uh, for their EP, for yes. example. But right now, I, a few days ago, I got a... I work together uh, for a magazine. It's an Austrian magazine uh, where someone, where the, the duty asked me if he could use my pictures for, for a poem collaboration. So there was this young aspiring girl who's writing poets and he just, you know, he, he combined it with my pictures, which are look absolutely, <clears throat> it looks amazing, you know, the, the, yeah. the collaboration itself. And these these are the kind of things I'm open to any kind of collaboration. Like, like it, I also put out um, I put out some some pictures of mine, for example, and ask even 
Photoshop experts or 3D artists whatsoever, if they could do something with it, you know? Oh, I mean, that's a good idea. They did it. Yeah, that's it. That's I was, so I was, I was, I was a little bit smaller back then. I have to admit, so I, I did not, I did, I did not get that many responses. But it would be great, you know. That's something that I want to do in the near future again, just to see, just to see how how people, what they are doing, or how they see my vision, or how they see my work in their vision, or something like this. Yeah, but again, I haven't worked together with a painter yet. That's what I can tell you. So no, there are, there are no specific names. As I as I, everyone is very welcome, and I'm welcome. I'm welcoming every kind of situation because, as you are someone who connects people, you know, together in an artistic kind of way. I love to just put art together with different kind of people, no matter what the art is. If if my if it's a picture going along with music, mwah. if it's a picture going along with poetry, great, you know. I don't have any boundaries here, and I don't have any specific names in mind as well. That's, no, not at all. That's very interesting. I know a few who are going to send you away. That might be interesting, vibrating. Because um, oh, you said 3D. And one thing I actually really want to do this year, I don't know if I'm really going to do it this year, but I really want to learn how to 3D model stuff. I think it'll be really cool to learn. Um, it'll be yeah. really good to learn. But there are a couple of 3D artists that I follow. Actually, wait, there's another one. Let me quickly write it down. Um, that I'm going to send you because I think you might like their work. And there's one called With Dark Shades. Um, his work is insanely good. Um, but he also sometimes takes, like, com not commissions, but he asks sometimes ask people for work to render. So yeah, that's such an interesting idea, actually. Especially in, like, say, for instance, like, I don't know how much you're involved in it or I don't, I don't know anything about it. But even, like, in, like, the NFT space where people are being, like, very heavy on digital art nowadays, like no <laughs> no I'm, I'm not i'm not involved oh, at all i don't know nor am i i don't know anything about it but but even so like that would be good if you wanted to get into it and you collaborated with a digital artist something like that would be a great way into it as a photographer um that's really interesting actually i'm going to mention that to a few people i know who are interested in nfts yeah spread the spread the word seriously okay. but this Definitely. is something that people they do not do it you know that often everyone is just so i mean you, you could if you just put two heads together for example you could you could create so much more and i mean people are always talking about yeah i want to be famous and big on instagram then cooperate with different artists like you have two fields to cover you can create a piece of art together by not you know online for yeah. example it, it's so damn easy but i don't know are they too proud are they too too shy i don't know the background story or are they do they fear the art is not good enough or whatsoever? But you know, you do not know if you do not try. I I went okay. back there as well. I was just like, I have three, I have four pictures there. They're mainly background pictures. Mm. Can someone model something really insane with Photoshop or three D into it? Is it possible? And eight people reached out to me. Four of them delivered, and it was amazing. I was like, great, like, you know. And it's it's so easy actually, but people do not take the time to actually create something together because they're way too focused on themselves. Probably, I, I don't know. I, I really I cannot speak. I, from my experience talking to a lot of different people, I would agree. Like I think we all are very focused on what we 
doing and what our next kind of like move is in terms of our own careers yeah we don't really necessarily think okay cool how is making having that collaboration going to help like you know in the case of like influencers and wanting to collaborate with like big name brands obviously they think of that but it's like why not as artists would you not think of wanting to collaborate even with a brand but even with other artists and it doesn't have to even be about numbers it's not like you have to collaborate with someone who's huge it's like the impact you're going to have doesn't have to be viral it can be no it can still be respected and well received and great if it's not you know massive i think sometimes we mistake things going viral for things being good because as riona will tell you if you ask her because she's one of those artists that did go viral and she does go viral quite often you know it's not all it's cracked up to be and it doesn't mean that you're going to have the longevity that you're going to have you know it's good for short-term sales but for long-term goals it doesn't necessarily work so hi Hype is a dangerous thing to be swallowed by, yeah. like seriously. Absolutely. So my next question for you, we have about seven questions or so left, is that okay? Yeah. If you have eight or 10, I don't, I don't mind. Perfect. So what, in your opinion, what does it mean to be a successful artist? And how did you measure the success of your own work? Yeah, that's, that's a pretty great question. Um, because the first thing that comes in mind immediately is numbers. That's first, we are, we are so driven towards numbers that everyone would say automatically, at least at the first impulse, they got numbers like followers, money, these kind of things. And it makes sense because we are just, we are, we, we are living in this kind of strange grinding culture thing yeah. where you where you have to to make some profit out of it in order to be passion almost. Um, but I do think, especially after as well, after the thought that we had the other, uh, the talk we had the other day, how do you measure? I think it really comes down to the, to the talks in general and to the, to the feedback, to the, to the, to the, to the feedback that's really honest and that's really also that's also criticizing for me. Let, let, let me evaluate. For me, is it when someone, they can always tell me, you have a nice picture. You did this great. You did this great. Okay, I have the numbers on my side. Does it make me a great artist? Probably for some of them. For me personally, not because these, these are just hollow numbers. These are numbers they do not have any meaning. I did so many social media detoxes, for example, um, where I was hitting a plateau and I just locked myself off of social media for one month, two months, three months without even telling anyone about it, you know? And there were only a few people, I mean, I was smaller back then, but there were only a few people actually reaching out to me and asking me, hey, are you okay? Is everything fine? Will Will it be posting someday again? And this is where I figured out this is pure, this, that's value. You know, this is pure fucking value right here. Because as I said before, you can have your hype. You can, you can go along the hype train and have your ups and downs. But at the end of the day, what's really left are these few honest people, the few honest conversations that will stick out to me personally. And what really measures my 
success as an artist is when someone reaches out to me in a very humble matter and just tells me something like, dude, I really do feel this picture. I can really, I see myself in that picture. I, this, this picture, the, your work, it speaks to me. Like, because then I know automatically, okay, I know automatically, good. You're that kind of viewer that I wanted to, to drag into this. And I did my job right because you you saw that picture, it kept you hooked because of a certain situation. You kept looking forward, you kept scrolling through my feed, you reached out to me. So these, you did this because you could identify with what I'm doing, and just just it may seem it may sound extremely plain, but. This is just something that's some sort of support from my side that I'm providing here, you know, because even though I may, you can, you can identify yourself with my work or with my things, you're reaching out. I'll be gladly here to talk to you, to talk with you, to, you know, to discuss a few things. So whatever you're facing, whatever you're doing, whatever you're having, if you, if you land on my page and if if you reach out to me and if you tell me just by looking at my pictures i feel that this is i'm just here to tell you dude you're not alone like we've all been there whatever it is you're not alone and this is how i measure my success and this is what i mentioned before i'm very well aware of the that these kind of emotions or connections may be very temporary only, you know, for a certain time of period, for example. But <clears throat> yeah, when we're speaking of numbers and success, these kind of messages, they're way more valuable to me because they, they're just a proof that I'm doing something right, you know, that I'm transmitting something right, that I was able to put something in the right sense so that others can see it as well. And I, you, I don't know. I have no idea. There, there are two kind of people. One scrolls past my pictures and goes, ah, shit. What kind of emo shit is that? It's way too dark. It's way too gloomy. Fuck that. And the other person may be like, damn. It nails it completely right now. The caption, the picture. Fuck. It hit me on a completely different level. So you only have these two kind of people according to my work you know and well a real success or the real approval is when they really reach out to you and be like i felt that i i've been there you you so see that's really 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 cool because one thing i'm talking to a lot of photographers about at the minute is the idea of audience and the idea of the audience you think you want is not necessarily the audience you actually need like you don't actually need thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of people looking at your work. You just need, well, as I said to, actually, ironically, as I said to Riona, this conversation I had with her the other day, you only need a thousand people to spend a hundred pounds on your work. And that's a hundred thousand pounds. So it's finding the right people who are interested in your work and who are actually, who actually get it. That's what you need to find. You don't need a million people who are just going to leave emojis and very very shallow oh this is cool comments because that's not going to help you in your progression as an artist you want honest feedback you want criticism you want to understand what people think about your work or how it makes them feel 
you know, you're creating work to connect with people, to talk to people, to have conversations, not just to be told it's nice. In my opinion. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, but still, the, the, these kind of comments or feedbacks, they don't give any real value to you or to your work, to your work to be honest, because they just let you, if they tell you every time, this is great, this is great, this is cool, this is great, dude, you're going to suffer under, you know, some sort of God complex and think that you're the greatest motherfucker out there because people, they always, they just praising you and shit. And no, I, I, re, I really prefer to, to have, you know, that kind of honest feedback talk. Yeah. Man, although... I'm, I'm not. I'm not doing these pictures in first place, you know, to please someone. This is, but, but still, I mean, if you have to give me some sort of feedback, I, I was, I was doing, I was doing reels. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm doing a few reels right now, and there were comments. I mean, if you if you hit the note there once, you know, you get a lot of traffic, and there were comments where people were like, "I did some, you know, before and after, you know, how yeah. it's raw versus edit." Yeah. And people were like, mm, I liked it before way more. And I was like, see, that's real feedback. That, that, that's like, okay, you didn't like it. I appreciate it. I was, you know, I was like, thank you for your time. I really appreciate your comment. It may, it may, it may have come in a sar sarcastic way, but it was completely honest. Yeah. Because, because I was like, Finally, someone who's telling me, like, you, you're scrolling through, you see that, and you, you're sticking to it, you're dragged into it, and you're like, I don't like it. Good. It's it's negative feedback. I mean, it's not hating in that sense, but it's just, and I I don't know. I was just like, good, good, good that you don't like it. But maybe one day, maybe one day, you will remember that shit. You know, you will be... I saw something there. So you you are you are definitely not my kind of viewer or the viewer the viewer that I want to uh, to drag into my work. Definitely not happy for you for real. But but then that makes me think about the kind of limits of social media because as you just said, like through text, your emotions aren't really well established. You know, you type something saying, "Oh, I appreciate that," and people might be like, "Oh, what well, is being a bit." Bit, bit of an idiot being being sarcastic and you're not actually being sarcastic you're being honest and it's kind yeah, of it's exactly. hard to determine people's emotions and intentions from text sometimes and also the idea of liking something like the word like has become so bland it doesn't even mean anything anymore like everybody yeah. likes everybody likes everything so for someone to like a piece of work doesn't actually mean anything what it means is that they are they support what you do, but then it doesn't even mean that. It just means that they took the time to press a button because they didn't have anything else to do with their time, which we're all guilty of. But I don't know, for me personally, I like social media, it's cool, but I definitely, the more I use it and the more I'm on it, the more it kind of flattens out. Like it's all just a bit, okay, cool. You know, like, like isn't it crazy how somebody you might really like, some, maybe there might be a photographer that you, you know, you absolutely adore and they like one of your images. And it sets you up for the day and you feel so great and you feel like, you know, so happy. Like, but why? Like, you achieved so like but why? Because they're probably just minus is scrolling through Instagram the same way you are liking a hundred pictures, you know, while standing in a queue waiting to get a pie or something, you know, it's, it's <laughs> yeah, it's weird how that happens. But people, we put people, we put people in like such different kind of unreachable statuses and it's like, 
isn't social media meant to be sociable? Aren't you meant to be able to email somebody and hopefully message somebody and hopefully somebody will message you back? It's weird how we, it's weird how the infrastructure of social media works. Like for instance, you, for instance, I was very nervous about sending you a message, um, which probably sounds weird to you. But to me, it, I don't know, it, I was a bit like, you know, all, you know, I, d- I don't know. It just felt like, well, I don't know how I would, how I would take it because I don't know you personally. And I was like, I, you never know how people are going to take stuff. But why? What was the reason? Like, like, let's be real here. What intimidated you in the first place to be to feel like that? To be like, mm, I, I'm not sure if I should do it because I didn't know you. That's okay. Because what I do is I tip. So the way I typically interview people, or the way I typically figure out who I want to interview, is normally I'd read their biographies, um, and it gives me insight to how much they talk about their work and what like their themes are, and like kind of like how much they're how much they kind of engage with what they're doing. Yeah, yeah. And then from there, I'll I'll look at their work, and then I'll look at them and see if you know do have they got any like reels about themselves? Do they have like their processing? Do they have all that kind of stuff? And obviously, you don't have a lot of that. And it's like, okay, cool. This guy might just think I'm being super annoying. You know, he might. You know, he. I don't know. It's it's hard to determine, like how interested somebody is in doing something just by from them saying yeah. Because you know, you message me back saying I'm down for it, and I was like, that's awesome. Um, but then I'm like, are you just saying that because that's social media? you know yeah yeah, i got it. I, I don't know like i'm not a suspicious person but i'm also very aware that just because you say something on social media doesn't mean you mean something on social media they're two very different things um that's that's the problem because your word isn't worth anything on social media these days yeah, the, yeah. and not just that people say they've got the time for things but unless they're sitting here doing it they don't actually have the time for it you know yeah so exactly like like me and my models. Yeah, okay, let's do it. Didn't show up. Well, didn't show up for the second time. Well, I, I'm familiar. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. Uh, models, models are the worst. Well, they're not the worst, but you know, yeah, it's just, yeah. It's, and it's frustrating because it's like, all you want to do is create great art. That's all you want to do. That's just your intention. That's it. Nothing else. And it's like frustrating because it's just like, you've got ideas, you've got thoughts. And you don't sit around wasting time when you've got stuff you want to be getting on with. You know? Is frustrating that kind of stuff. Artists are artists, models are a whole different breed there. <laughs> right. Okay. So, in your opinion, what makes a good piece of art? Something that you can immediately connect to, like something that you really that has an impact on you. Doesn't matter in which sense. If if, if it's just I don't know a tone or a melody. Uh, color the background story the composition i think a good piece of it's really it just does it leave an impact on you or not if it does not then to me personally it's not a good piece of art because it didn't make me feel anything i mean preferably the pieces of art that stand out the most to me are the ones to make me feel uncomfortable because they really force me into some state of okay i this it, this piece of art, made, let's just say it's, it's a picture, it was able to evoke something in me. So there was something. I felt discomfort. I feel some weird connection or whatever. So that I do not I do not want to look away then. I'm not that kind of guy who's like, oh, shit, I, I'm not going to face that right now. But I'm like, you know, I want to know what, what, was, what was that one thing that really got me there. Like yeah. that's... 
took me back in time, if you would like to say so, or that made me feel a certain thing of a certain place I maybe have never been before. You know, it, it doesn't have to be like this. It could be just uh, the story from, for example, a poetry piece I read the other day where you really feel like you've been there. She described it so precisely and in detail that you really felt like it, it made me it made me feel like a deja vu you know like what, have I been there with her because and th this is that kind of things that matters to me and which really giving the, the word art <laughs> a meaning in my opinion so the second part is that question which is what was the last image or piece of media that you saw that impacted you and why did it have such an effect on you yeah, as I told you, it was this little poetry piece I read a few I read a few days ago, and it was just um, it was about it was about a, a woman in Vienna back then uh, in in war times, and she it was just from the perspective in such a beautiful way how she described it. Um, like, you know, when the people were dragged away from her and she compared it immediately, like the sound of the trucks arriving with the sound of the of the wind breezing through the grass. And she made sort of metaphors, they, which were so, they were so far away from each other, but still they, they, they complemented each other so well. I will, I will look it up. Uh, I will find it and I will send it to you. Please do. Because I have to see if there's an English uh, translation for it, because you know in German it's it's in the it was she wrote it in this very old German language, you know. With it was just amazing to read. Like it, wow. it's been years, decades away, but you just read it and you really felt like, damn. I mean, I haven't been there. I haven't lived in that kind of time and but i poof, impacted me yes so one thing i like to do with every interview is ask a question from the last artist um, for the next artist so i have a question from you from jesse tate who's the last person i interviewed it might not go in this order i don't know if i'm going to put some yes in between you guys i might not i'm not sure yet but i use this question because he was I, the last person i, I spoke know to. i know i know jesse we talked a few times and he's an amazing nice photographer but i didn't know that he was as you said before the film and digital debate i wasn't paying attention to this after all yes. so so his question for you is what was the best piece of advice that you still remember and is it the advice that you give to other people in terms of photography or in terms of lifestyle? Well, go for both if you like. In terms of photography, I would say the best advice that I can give to anyone, to any aspiring photographer, is as I mentioned already, get some distance between you and your work. Get some distance between the shooting day and the actual editing day. It will help you calm your head down. It will help you put the euphoria away. And you will have a way more um, neutral look on the whole situation, on the whole okay. picture. So that's definitely something, the best advice that I got. I got it personally as well from someone, but I cannot remember who told me that. It was 
some YouTuber probably. I heard it somewhere along the along the way, but I really cannot re remember who told me that. But it was probably in a YouTube video. And for lifestyle advice, what's the best advice that I could give? This is pretty hard to translate in German now, uh, from German into English now, because my grandfather he always used to say, it's a German saying, "Drenge Kasse gute Freunde." which means basically split the bill in order to keep your friends close. It's just a metaphor for, you know, money destroy friendships. Yeah. But it, it's, it's, really, it, it, it's, it's totally broken down into pieces because the translation is very harsh, but this, it, it makes absolutely more sense. In. Yeah. I mean, that's the advice there, to be fair. Yeah, that's the, that's the best thing that I remember <laughs> right now. So do you have a question? The next person I interview. Yes, I do. I have a question for the next one. And since it's all about emotions and feelings today in our little interview here, I just want to ask straight off to the next person, whoever may it be a musician, may it be a painter, a photographer, it does not matter. Do you think that you've put enough of yourself into your work? If so, if you if you can say without any without any hesitation yes then what's the piece of work that you could that you would consider as such or that one piece of work where you really say this here this is me really like that question a lot yeah thank you i thought about it a bit <laughs> so the question is do you think that you put enough of yourself into your work and I guess I'd say, what would be the best example of this? Exactly, yeah. That sounds a lot nicer. I was going to just say, I was about to say, oh, I do this for a living. I don't do this for a living, but I do this for often, so. <laughs> <laughs> I, I know what I'm doing. <laughs> no, no, that's the thing. So a lot of people are like, oh, your questions are great. And it's like, it's just because I've done it so many times, I, I kind of have an idea of what I want to ask people. And it, you have to remember, this whole, the whole flying free world is very selfish. I'm doing it because I want to know certain things about you and your work. That's really the only reason I'm asking these questions. Yeah, yeah, that's that's totally cool. Okay, well, actually, so whilst I'm typing this, I've got a question for you. So, a question from another artist, a, a good friend of mine, um, called Ryan Dean Haas. Um, he's a honestly such a great guy, and he's going to be annoyed because I mention him in almost every interview. Um, his question okay. isn't really a question; it's more a, a discussion me and him had. And we were kind of talking about the idea of the personality and the skill of an artist, like. Which is more important? Depends on. It really depends on because it depends on where you want to be seen, as I think. Because in art in general or in photography in general, most of the shit that would get you success or clout is just networking. It's just putting your work out, doing this, doing that, promoting yourself more or less. In Way too often, or may, may it be every time, but I figured out it's way too often that the art itself doesn't actually count. So the skills themselves doesn't actually do not actually count, but how good you can market yourself. So therefore, I would say your personality, because the personality is what... <laughs> You have to market yourself. And if you have a lame personality or are you, 
if you are not into that or do not want to put that on display, let's be real. How, how many people will actually be like, ooh, he's killed? There's a few of them. But if, you, if you're really chasing cloud and if you're really chasing that sort of, oh, hype, I want to get breakthrough, it, not not even only on social media. Don't get me wrong. This is I I think it's it's a general problem in arts that you really if you are not behind it, if you are not promoting it correctly, if you are not marketing your label or your whatever you may call it, then the chances for exposure are not as high. That leads me to a question that I didn't write down, which is. How do you market your work? How do I market my work? Not good enough. <laughs> Absolutely, I'm I'm too late. Like I'm I'm too lazy. So I was thinking Seriously. that's really good advice. But how much yeah. of that do you actually do? <laughs> no, I, I'm doing. <laughs> uh, yeah. As soon no, as you, as soon you I, said that, I was like, I don't think I'm going to ask him next. Yeah, yeah. Oh, you got me there. No, I'm I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it good enough, and I'm well well aware aware of that. But then again, with me, it's just I'm not. You, you saw with our conversations, for example, that were going on and off. It's first of all, I do not have, I do not have the time, and when I have the time, it soon becomes so overwhelming to me that I like to go back into my shell and be like, yeah. Like seriously, not you know. I really, I'm trying to. I'm trying to to promote it better, to put myself out even more. And I am aware of my skills. I am aware if I would just do it a bit more properly, I could gain way more exposure. But I'm just not that kind of guy, you know, who puts himself out there and wants to be seen. I'm trying to. It's the same. You you said. Um, you said a few hours ago, you told me that you're trying to do something uncomfortable, you know, yeah. every day. And it's, it's, it's important to do that. And this is the same for me as well. It's uncomfortable for me to have these sort of talks when it comes yeah. to promoting my, promoting my work. And as soon as I'm there, you know, I'm coming home from work. I'm sitting there and I'm like, you know what? Today I'm going to, to post a few stories, you know, maybe a selfie. I, I have the will, you know. Or promote this, but then as soon as I'm onto it, I'm like, nah, mate, nah, you, nah, just, just, nah, don't, don't do it. You know, it, it's really, it's, 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 it's a continuous battle with myself, to be completely yeah. honest to you. And I wish, I wish, even though you just said it was a good advice, I wish that I would follow my own advice way better than I actually do. To be completely down. So, what do you think would make it easier for you to market your work? Oh shit! Uh, it's it's a very that's a good question. Called me off guard off guard once again. What would make it easier? A different job. Definitely, like more uh, more routine in my day. That would be definitely like really. I'm at yeah. That's my answer. So my next question is there's only about three or four left anyway so we will leave soon you'll get back to your actual life i do promise um so <laughs> what would your younger self think about your work why the fuck did you start so damn late 
that's probably like as I told you before. If I wouldn't have, it's a, it's some sort of coping mechanism. I could have, I could have, have way easier periods in life if I just discovered this thing for myself earlier. But would you still be creating the way you create now? Had you created it earlier? I doubt it. I completely doubt it because, again, back then my my reflecting was not as good as it is, is it nowadays. Let's call it like this, or I didn't have that huge reflecting back on life thing going on. So I guess it would be it, it would be different for sure. I cannot tell you if it would be for the better or for or for the worse. I cannot tell at this moment. Maybe it would just be like an outlet or something, you know, like just like taking pictures animal photography what do i know i have no idea but i can really say that it would be definitely something different because certain things had to happen yeah. in order to create these images in order to create these stories and these things like if you would have prevented just one or two of them the outcome would have been a complete different product yeah that's so true that's so true I think that's the interesting thing that you you said. Oh, you would have said earlier, but to be honest, it's good that you didn't, because now you're doing what you do now, and you're happy, and you're you know at a point in your life where things are going well. You know, things might not have turned out that way. You know, I think the thing is that we always have like a tendency to want to change the past without actually reflecting how much that the past is actually what makes you who you are today. Mm-hmm. I think maybe if we, maybe this is a random piece of advice that nobody asks for as always, is um, maybe if we just kind of appreciate the person we've become and the person we are and the person we want to be, rather than focusing so much on the past, we might feel a bit better about ourselves. Because I think there are plenty of things on everybody's past that we can always get caught up on. And we can always like worry over and stress over and feel sad over, and feel angry over. But then today it's not helpful to us, unless you're going to channel that through your work in some way it's not going to be productive for you to continue on forward with those kind of that emotional baggage. So yeah, I agree. It would have been great for you to start earlier, but it doesn't. And that's perfect because now you're where you're at now and your work is incredible. So it's good. Thank you. (laughs) I'd like, I do agree. I feel like that's what a lot of people say, or a lot of people are like, when I ask them that question, they're like, I don't know. Or they're like, oh, my younger self would know why I'm doing this. And it's like, that's because your younger self is not you now. And, you know, exactly. you haven't had those experiences that you, yeah, as you said, needed to have. But I don't know. It's, a, it's just an interesting question um, that I added into no, the mix no. at some point. Because somebody, I can't remember. I don't even know where I get these questions from. I just randomly, like, so my job is pretty boring um, for the most part. Yeah. So I literally just think about things when I'm at work, which sounds weird, but like, that makes that makes no sense. I'm gonna cut this, but I missed on so stupid. But um, so like when I'm, I don't know how I don't know how to explain this. It, but it's like when I'm just doing stuff, I think of like a topic, and I'm like, oh, I should write a question about that, or I'll look at something yeah, yeah. and I'd be like, oh, I wonder what other artists think about that, and I'm like, hey, cool, let me ask them. How about that? That's cool. Um, you know, it's it's inter- it's like I'm having a conversation with a really cool photographer at the minute, um, and I tried to, and he sent me like loads of voice memos, so I typed up some notes for him. Because I sent him a load of voice memos, he tied up some notes for me. Um, so I tied up some notes for him, and I was like, "Oh, actually, he mentioned a few good things that I'm going to ask him on next interview." Um, and I referenced them. This is this is exactly what makes your questions so so damn tricky because yeah. they're they're really they're, they're completely individual. Yes, you know, like 
and this is something you 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 can really see when you when you send me that sheet sheet i saw like damn he put he put work and thoughts into it it's not it's not a standard ab procedure it's not oh who is your inspiration because that's the one question i don't ask people because if we want to know that i can probably go to your instagram and find it um or i can just look at your work and i'll probably know so because you sat down, you really sat down, you went through my work and you were like, oh, that's interesting. I would like to know about that. And, you know, for me, for instance, you, you hit me with one question. You, you, you totally, you, you hit me off guard completely with it. Like there was this question about, about the void chapter, for example. Yeah. And I was in the captions and I was sitting there and I was like, Okay. He really digged through my I mean my, my page is currently at the moment it's it's not filled with or overwhelmed with pictures. Yes, I know. He got into that. Yes, and void void chapter, for example, was the first it was the first project that I started after my after the cleansing of my page, after a, after the reorganizing of my page. And as I told you before, it's like I came back from shallow to really meaningful stuff that had some deeply impact and deep meaning to me. And as I produced these pictures, I wasn't even aware of that. I just, I saw it, I saw it by the amount of traffic they gathered. For example, when you take the the whole Void chapter, to make it understandable, understandable for you and for, for the, for the people, these are, because we're speaking of numbers here and people relate to numbers. I got over, I don't know how many likes just on the first post, for example, the second post over 22,000 likes, the third post over, over 20,000 likes, you know, it it really, it went on. And for me, it was like, what changed? Like what changed? What did I do differently now? And I was like, okay, I know I had to cope with something. I had to come up with something. And I put way much more work into editing, you know. All these these emotions, everything that I couldn't talk about, I, 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 I put it again into pictures. And this was just something, because I asked the question a few minutes ago, do you put enough of yourself into your work? For me, this was a clear sign, okay, mate. You, you, you're, you're back at it. Like people notice, they notice these things. But I, I'm the kind of guy, as soon as I'm working something off, it's back. It's back there in my diary. It's back there in my photographic diary. I do not go back there. This is why I also deactivated the likes on my posts, for example. I do not care about how many people like these. Not because, oh, I only get, what was he? hundreds or 200 likes no it's not the reason the reason for me is these things they do not matter to me the void chapter it was such an important series to me it was really it was it, it was the most important thing i personally ever did it was my most successful thing but i didn't pay any attention to it because i just wanted to get it out you know just to to get it out to put it in pictures to put it out there to maybe look back at it someday. When you mentioned the Void chapter, it was the first time I ever, I told you, I don't have many posts on my pictures, but I went back there because you mentioned the captions. You mentioned how important are captions in order 
And I went there and I was like, fuck. Like, look at you today. And you you came you you've came you've come a long way. Like, you know, it, it's 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 really it was it was amazing to see because I didn't pay attention to it. That time or the, the time I, I was working on these pictures, when I was working on these sets, it's not the same time as today. Like everything, everything I had, I put in there and you know, I just I let it out and it was a closed case for me. But you, with your question, you forced me more or less to go back there and to take a look at it. So, you know, to look at it from a completely sober perspective, to really look at it once again while time has passed and you were just like there like, fuck, I feel the same way today as I felt it back then, but I've just, I just feel so much more relief with it, you know, yeah. just to have it out there and just to look back at it. And this is, and <laughs> this is something I cannot, I cannot explain myself properly here in English. I, I wish I could go even deeper into, into this topic. But the thing is, I decided something when I read that question, which was three days ago, two days ago, excuse me. I decided that I'm going to turn the whole void chapter into a photo book, definitely. I will go, I'm going to do really a limited edition of these things because, again, it's the most valuable thing. I'm maybe going to do five of them, really, like a really limited edition. But I was, I was working already yesterday evening. I was putting the pictures together. And, you know, just by, just by, just by this push from your side, the subconscious push into that direction to force me to take a look back at your work, to take a look back what... What was the matter? What was what was the impact that forced you to create that kind of work? It, it just was like, shit! I have, I achieved something when I when I closed the void chapter, for example. I achieved something with it on a personal level, and this is where I really decided to do something with it. And I wasn't even aware of that, you know, until I got back to it. Maybe who knows? If you would have, if you wouldn't have asked the question, and if I would have gotten back to it in six months from now. Yeah. Who knows? I'm pretty sure this would be the first time again that I had to force, you know, to, to force myself to look at these things. Because for me, it's really like it's as you mentioned before, it's a diary. It's it's something like you put it out and you maybe you go back someday, but not in near near future. And I'm that kind of guy when I'm working on something. Once it's out, it's out. Like this is why I don't have any notifications. I don't want to be notified if it's if it does well or not i don't want to be like okay let's see how many likes do does it no i do not care about these things it's really just getting uh, getting rid of that emotional balance you know, uh, balance uh, emotional burden i don't i don't know the english word but the the luggage yeah the emotional baggage. Emotional luggage. Yeah, thank you very much. That's the thing that I was looking for. You know, just to get rid of these things. And once they're out, I do not really care about them. Again, as you mentioned it, I had to go back to it. And I decided, fuck, I have to turn this into something. First of all, for myself, because, you know, you're just here at this level. And all of a sudden, you're there at this level. And, yeah. And I wanted to turn it into a little project as well. So. Yeah, because actually the reason I wrote it down is because as far as I know, and I might be wrong, 
but that's the only kind of series you have on your Instagram. Um, because I feel like that's more of a collective series and the rest of your work is almost entirely different. There's like, there's for me, like there's a separation between the two. Um, I just think that was really, it's kind of interesting to note how there is that separation. And not just that, I was a bit like, and I, to be honest, so I looked through it and it's like chapters one to nine, right? Exactly. And yeah. I was like, where's chapter 10? And then I was a bit like, why is it? And I'm, I'm generally quite curious. Like, why did it stop at nine? Because that seems like an odd number because it's not a round number. So I'm just like, it's not a round number. But like, why did it stop at nine? There's no, there's no real reason behind it, to be honest. I mean, I mean, actually, the concept of the void chapter was actually that it's had, we had 20, 22 chapters in general, like as a whole. The concept was really, 22 um with with these with different kind of scenes so overall it would have been um let's say 50 to 60 pictures maybe all of, all in all but as i i had the i had the concept down i had for every aspect for every picture i had the caption my thoughts whatever you know it was everything very well um, crafted together but as soon as i started to work on it <clears throat> as soon as i start to to go into it let's just say the process of overcoming it happened way faster than i expected it to be and this is why i cut it down immensely from actually 22 to 9. i also have to say it was also a reason was because each and every chapter of it took me at least one week to work on it at least one week there were some the uh, i think there are two posts in there with um 10 pictures <clears throat> a carousel post with 10 pictures and they took me at least two weeks to work on them which was definitely the uh the third one and i think it was the sixth one i cannot remember properly but the thing is you have to see it like this if you're in a process like that if you have to work or sort something out, a lot of things can happen within two weeks, you know, just from the mindset, from the from that perspective. And while I was working on these things, I just I just felt like after the ninth one, I just felt like the chapter can be closed. Like you don't you don't need a big you don't need a big boom, you don't need a big final, you know, something like this. Just it's it's okay close it so th that's the actual reason why it may seem like that it's ended before number 10 but the reality again there were way more i thought of doing yeah it just struck me first it struck me as an odd number and secondly mm -hmm. it just kind of seemed like okay cool it just seemed like there was for me there was more you could have expanded on it or at least that, like I would have assumed there was more you would have done with it. So knowing that there is actually more, that makes sense. Um, mm -hmm. And actually, that's kind of nice. Though. It's like the hindsight and being able to to have an idea and to do something and then reevaluate it later on down the line and not just being like, oh, I want to do this, so I did this. Yeah. But also, why did you call them chapters? Why I call them chapters? I like to, I like to, how should I say? I like to go through certain periods for example as sets okay 
let's call it like you have there there's this one story for example and you're working it off in one exp uh, in one set okay if you really talk about the, the set of, of pictures right now here and <clears throat> the different chapters they just display my different states of mind at that time and there's everything in there from self worries to to grief to you know everything is in there it's it's not like it's not like every emotion is a single chapter it's not the case but it's just like the different states of mind at that time you know where i really was like okay today i'm go i'm going into the woods i'm going to to start to to walk around the woodlands the whole the whole damn day and think about these certain aspects of the situation, for example, and let's see what the outcome is. So I, and it was also chapter, chapter wise, because I, I couldn't, I, I could not face it all at once. I needed to, to, you know, to approach it step by step. And again, as I told you, if you're working just on one chapter, for example, for two weeks, you don't know you do not need the fourth or the fifth one because you already have these kind of state stages within these two weeks you know so it's i just wanted to separate it a little bit from each other this is why i started to pair it up because i really wanted to get some um contrast between them to to just to showcase for example my thoughts during the day versus my thoughts during the night getting up there again, getting into the day, working, living through the day, and then again, there comes the night time. You know, I just wanted to to display in a very in a very rush rough way how how it was living from day to night, more or less within that period of time. So I could have easily made a lot of a lot more of them, and if I would be faster, I. I could have put out one every single day, but we, we both know that this is, for my work at least, it's, it's not possible to do that. Yeah, not just that. It's, as you always said earlier, like it's quality over quantity at the end of the day. Um, but the thing is, like, the reason I ask is because I think the word chapter is a really curious word to use. Because it denotes to like a wider story and denotes to the idea of like, there's a start, there's a middle, there's an end. Um, and not just that, like, I kind of feel like it has a lot of connotations. Like that word, it, it means a lot of different things. Because you could have just said collection. You could have been like, oh, or just set. This is a set. This is like the first set. Void set one or void collection one. But you said chapter. And it just makes you think of like, Obviously, narrative is a very important element in your work, but it makes me kind of think like your work is just one long continuous story. It's your story of your journey as a person, not even necessarily as a photographer, but as a person. Yeah, yeah. It's just a nice way to kind of round that out, I think. I don't know. There's just, I'm not just that. Like how, after putting chapter in the title, how did you ever not think of doing a book from it? That's what I don't understand. <laughs> yeah, no, that was... Because it also stands out, probably, and I mean, it's it's very flattering to hear this now. Because, you know, for me, when you when you look at your work from day to day, from when you all these editing hours, you somehow you cannot look at it. Yeah, you cannot stand. 
it anymore at some certain point. And as I told you, once the story is out, when it, once it's written off of my head and my heart or whatsoever, then it's done. It's, it's, I got it. And, but now in hindsight, it's, it's great to see that I achieved something because it, it was a really important chapter, important chapters, plural, to me. And they have been the most important in my life so far, you know, so far. And as I told you, they have been the most successful ones. They have been the most, the ones who got me the most traffic. But that's just something that I did not pay attention to. But it probably was now that you mentioned it because they different each other from everything that was before and everything that came afterwards. Yeah. And for me, this is what I'm talking. And see, and this is again, because we had that question earlier on, that's how you measure success. This is something that I can say that I can now look proud of because you said that, because you already mentioned it in the question, because we before we even had that talk, you gave me some sort of approval that I was like, you have to turn this into something physical. And this is the kind of backlash that the approval in terms of what's excess for you as a photographer actually is success truly. Perfect. Oh, well, I'm glad I helped without trying to. This is perfect. <laughs> yeah. Right. So we have three more questions. That is it. So, yeah, yeah. Do you think that artistic freedom exists? Oh. <laughs> no. I do not think that artistic freedom exists, especially not in our modern world or in the world we're living in today, because where everyone is getting offended by everything and anything, artistic freedom, it's, it's a dangerous thing. It's a dangerous thing to do, if you ask me. Dangerous in terms of, in terms of we rely so much on the, on the opinion of other people that we barely, or there are only a few people out there who really are willed or are going in to, to bite the bullet, you know, to be like, no, this is artistic freedom. I don't care if you hate me or not. I'm doing this because it's, no, most people will not do it. And it's just like, look look at social media, for example, where everything is going to be, everything is censored, okay? Yeah. Whatever it may be, yeah. if it be, you as, a, as, as the artist, you have to censor your work, your work beforehand before you even post it online because you know already there's no such thing as artistic freedom as it maybe used to be or was because if i cannot put this out the way i want to it won't be no no one will see it you know so we, we are we are very intimidated by these numbers even if they are just likes even if they're just followers or something like this and i think the numbers they truly cut out the artistic freedom. I do agree with that completely. But have you ever censored your own work or are there any kind of ideas and themes you want to explore, but you've decided not to because you know it wouldn't be received well? <clears throat> no. Actually, no. I, I never had to censor my own work. Um, I worked with, uh, with female models together already especially my older work, there are a few pictures where it seemed like they are naked, for example, but I just make it seem like they are. You know, I just gave them a crop top to wear. And I again, as I told you, it's just the post, um, 
the processing, yeah. you know, cropping it together so that people may think, oh, no, there's a naked girl and blah, blah, blah. No, I, you know, because, not, not because I have to um, also add, not because I want to censor the work that way, but because this is just, okay, how, how do I put this right? Wait, let me just rethink. It's not important to my for my work to show skin, for example. You know, it's not important at all because uh, in this in these portraits, I can uh, send them to you later on. They were again from my prior feed. Um, <clears throat> I just made it seem like the girls were naked, but this was this was not the point at all. It was just um, in a in a sense of aesthetic. Okay. It was just in a sense of okay, there's no clashing colors. There's she, there's a free neck. You can see a little bit of décolleté. So you know there was really just skin against color, for example. So, but this was the only way of censor censorship I ever did. No, wait, no, wait. Now that you mentioned it, there one, I once shot. I once was shooting with a, a girl, an amazing model. She was a nude model. And you know, we were shooting, and she took her, she took her uh, her shirt off and her bra, and she was like, "Is it okay like this?" And I was like, "Fuck nah. no, you know that's that's not appropriate for my work. We we have to, I, I, no, we, we, you know, I was so uncomfortable because I, I I do not intend to shoot nudes or something like this because for my kind of work, it, no, it does not work. So, but we were wearing some, we were doing some. Mm, some work with with the red paint, which will come back eventually in the near future. And I have to censor it, you know, I have to censor it or frame it in that sense to censor her her breast, for example, you know. Like this was so subconsciously, but it happened. And I was thinking about it later on, like, dude, you just did censorship, but not because of Instagram, not because of that, because I couldn't care less about that kind of censorship, but because I, I I didn't want to have my name, my label, my brand compared to some nude work, you know, like, nah, that's not the thing what I was aiming for. And therefore, I had to censor it afterwards. And now that you mentioned it, yeah. Yeah, it's just kind of interesting to think about. I think we all, but then even like topics, like if you want to talk about like, you know, a topic that maybe people don't want to necessarily hear about, or maybe, you know, polarizing. I think stuff like that is like, we've all become, we all kind of catered to the system, really, um, you know, in many ways, you know, whether you think you do or not, there is always some element of the work you produce where you're thinking about the end goal of people are going to see this. Even if it's just like, you know, you're taking an image, you're like, oh, is this good or not? You're, you know, you're aware people are going to see it. So therefore you're kind of like thinking like, you know, there's, there's yeah, there's always an element of catering system. I think it's something we don't really talk about enough, I don't think. Um, but yeah, yeah. So the uh, second to last question is going to be, um, how would you like to develop your practice in the coming year? <clears throat> Whenever a year starts, I mean, this whole new year, new me bullshit, it's, I'm not following along with that, okay? But I'm approaching it in a photographic or at least artistic kind of sense. When I started out, for example, I had... The goal for 2018 was, since I did street photography mainly, the goal for 2019 was to do more portraiture work, and I did it. 
then the goal was something different to go more into you know landscape photography i did it then to change the look of your pictures i did it so i i mean i set these goals at least two goals for the year and so far i achieved all of them as i really i really cannot say that i haven't achieved anything or none of them but for this year uh when January came in, I think the most or the most the most important turn on this year in sense of photography is going to the direction that I'm heading towards right now, like um, turning it way turning it way more into a brand, way more into a label, like with with um, stuff from the on the outside, like websites, you know, to really to to put yourself more out there. That's the that's that point of view. And the other one is just to bring back, as I mentioned before, to bring back something I started in 2007, uh, 2018, and that's the color work. Like to do way more again with the hue that I'm having right now, to do more sort of creepy portraits with color, more or less. So these are my two goals for this year. And, but, you know, being aware of the current circumstances, it's hard to, but one of them is of definitely going to be pulled through. And if I can find another, uh, at least enough models, I'm going to, to rip off the second one as well. Like the main priority is really to, to it, um, establish the brand way more with websites um, and so on. Have you heard of the photographer JJ Brandon? JJ Brandon, this, this name, it rings some bells. I'll send you his work later. Um, he's from New York, but he does like this really interesting, quite like kind of creepy vibe images that are really, really cool. Now, of course. Yeah, of course, Brent. I'm, I'm yeah, following yeah. him. I just saw it. Because when you said creepy portraits, that's who came to mind. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. I've got a lot of people I'm going to send you. A lot of them you'll probably already know. Um, but yeah. yeah. Uh, no, I, I will. I will show you. I will send you later on as well something that I had in mind, or at least um, something from my yeah. work, prior work. But yeah, he he is one of he is amazing. Like just hearing his profile, he's. So my last question for you is going to be what are you currently working on and where can people find more about you and your work? Oh my gosh, that's so this. Okay, what I'm currently working on, everything that we didn't have so far. I have, I have three books right now in the making. One of them is going to be The Void Chapter. The other one is going to be something completely different. Like it's a nightmare collectionist. It's something really like something you haven't seen from me before, like in terms of colors, like it's more on a dark bluish side. And this is something that I will, something that will never show up on my page, but I want to print as a book for myself. And, you know, also doing a limited edition of it because I think that the main audience or the main core, they should have to have some advantages. You know, they have to, you have you have to have certain kind of perks and this this is something since 
I will not put it out on my page and I will do it for myself. This is something that I'm going to do. And the creepy portraits that I was working on since 2018. This is my latest project, which are also going to find their place in a book. Definitely. I hope by the time that we, um, that you broadcast this, that it, they will be out already and the website will be out already, you know, hopefully. And therefore, mm, there's only two ways to reach me. Either way, you have my phone number. If you don't have it, you can only find me on Instagram, you know, at Cursed by Moro or via email, which is also linked in my Instagram page. But everything else will hopefully be out at the time that this. Okay, so one bonus question. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because the last question is never always the last question. Because somebody says something, I'm like, oh, I've got one more question. So why, why is creating a photo book so important to you? Because it works as a whole. It works as a set. I I saw it now with my prints here um, when I when I was when I got the prints and I was uh, ready getting ready to ship them. I just saw how amazing it is to have it just all together. You know, to have the whole. I love to work in sets and series. Like even though. I, as you mentioned it so so well before, even though my work um, is somehow like consistent chapters, it just makes total sense when you put them all together and see them as one. To me, again, because I'm the creator of these, I'm the I'm the storyteller here. So to me, it really makes sense from the beginning to the end. And when when I had when I had uh, these these pictures here in my work it was just you know it just looked amazing and i since i cannot or i cannot imagine and no one would ever be down to do this i think but instead of having a room full of these pictures okay in order to get the whole story i figured out it's way more yeah it's way easier to have it all together compact in some book in some form of a book because then you re my instagram page is basically my pictures they're basically just pages throughout my life and with this book you have the pages the physical pages like right in front of you you know and you're just going through them but again this is something that i i came across a few days ago as well and i really was working on it and putting them putting them together and the great thing is or the easy thing on my work, for example, is really, it already has its chronological order. You know, you don't have to, to create that much or to, to swift here and there. You can put it just as I published them and it makes sense to me, at least, you know, it makes sense from end from the beginning to the end. And therefore I decided the book is the only logic thing to do. That's super cool. I only asked because Every photographer I know wants to create a book. And the one thing I've learned is creating photo books are not cheap. No, not cheap by any means, no. Oh, and actually, actually quite randomly, where are you creating your books from? This is something that I don't know yet because I have two, I have two companies that I'm looking forward to. I wanted to do it, you know, with prints and everything. I wanted to do it all on my own, but, you know, circumstances, yeah. I'm not, it's, it's not, it's not pay off in my case so uh, 
I'm just I'm regularly I'm looking at two companies. I'm waiting for one company just to give me some uh, some samples back. The other one is here already, so I'm just going to wait these two and then I will decide. The reason I asked, and I keep saying this to every photographer that I should really stop saying this to, but one of my goals in the next three years is to create a photo book for, of photography. So, so all the people I know, I can create like a really cool like photo book, like a little annual of like all these photographers and have like maybe like, I don't know what else is going to be in there. If there's going to be like interviews or whatever, but it'd be nice to have a collection of all the people I speak to in like a volume because I know everybody wants their work printed in a book. So why not create the book myself? That's an amazing idea. I don't know, but I need to figure out the cost of it because, you know, it's something I would happily do. I think it'd be great to do, but it's just actually doing it as a different matter. No, that's amazing. I, I totally support that idea because it's 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 great to see as well as your achievements in your kind of field, you know, and just the people you gather together. It's amazing. And, for, and especially the different kind of niches and the different kind of art, you know, you were here talking yeah. about talking to because just when you when you see this for example when you have them all gathered together there in this book then you actually will understand how many different approaches and opinions on different yeah, of course. fields like you may, you will make it visual yeah. and that's i think it's an amazing idea i think it's really an amazing that's something i'm thinking about just especially for photographers <laughs> i know that everybody wants their work printed i'm like oh, why don't i just make a book and that way everybody get their work printed yeah. Simple as. It sounds really simple, but then I'm like, wait, that means I've got to spend money doing it, and it's actually got to take time to do it. No, um, it's it's, a it's worth it. I think, but I think it'll be worth doing though. It's just it's something like I give myself three years because it's like I don't know how much it's going to cost, and um, I don't really know. I haven't really thought about it. It's like an initial, very initial idea. But I was like, oh, we should get like a, a forward written by Chad Hydo or um, Henry Film because uh, that'd be cool. So uh, either of the two would be pretty good. But I don't know. I haven't really fully thought about it yet. But it's something I'm. I keep saying to everybody, which I should really stop saying. Um, just do it. Just go for one it. day someone's gonna. One day someone's gonna turn around and be like, "Where's that book?" And I'm gonna be like, "What book?" <laughs> <laughs> you, you promised. You promised the book. What kind of book? Like, say, well, this is a thing. I haven't promised anything. I've just said. You mentioned. Oh, I'm thinking about totally it. Totally cool. Yeah, of course. I think it's a good hey, idea. As as we said earlier, just because you say it's on the internet doesn't mean you doesn't mean that you mean it. So. Correct. Yeah. <laughs> right. Okay, Marcel. Thank you so much for your time. Um, like, seriously, thank you so much for your time. No, thank you. I appreciate it. I had quite a few things to tell, to talk about. So, That concludes the second and final part of my conversation with Curse by Mara. Thank you very much for listening. If you have any questions or comments about it, please send me an email at theflowingfruitbowl at gmail.com or by social media sites such as Instagram and Twitter. The Flying Fruit Bowl podcast is now available on several platforms such as Spotify, YouTube and Apple Music. If you like the show, please consider rating, reviewing, sharing or subscribing on any of those platforms to help spread the word. Also, please check out theflyingfruitbowl.co.uk for daily art inspiration and written interviews. And if you're a creative, please get in touch for a chance to be featured or interviewed. We now also have a Patreon page if you're interested in supporting the platform further. Tears start from £1 and more information can be found over at patreon.com forward slash the flying fruit bowl. As well as Patreon, we also have a PayPal for one-time donations 
the link to which can be found in the show notes. Once again, thank you very much for listening to this episode today. And until next time, folks, please stay safe.